Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second episode of the Image Youth Podcast. Caleb and I are here again. Uh, the others are either running late or not going to make it today. Uh, so we hope that you are having a blessed day, no matter when you're listening to this. Um, it's uh, We kind of laugh as it's, it's a windy day outside, so if you hear some creaking and moaning from the building around us, no, don't worry, we're not in a haunted house. Um, <laughs> we're... And then, uh, and both of us, you know, we were, we were laughing as we first came together today, you know, Caleb and I both have had full days of work and full, full days of, uh, of doing other things and, and working with computer screens and people and, you know, just being slightly exhausted. So we're here, just, we're going to, we're going to roll with this and see, see what the Lord would have us do. And, you know, forgive us if we get a little tongue tied or anything, but you know, it's, it's just a, a good day to kind of recap what's been going on with the, with the youth program here. Um, I was out again for a little bit, uh, so we, we, we were going to skip over something because Miss Erica is not going to be with us today because she had taught a, a, her first big lesson, and we're going to let her talk about that at a later point. Um, but Kayla brought us into a great portion of our Why the Church series yesterday, and um, of course, as things nor- normally go with our youth group, we got, we got sidetracked but not derailed, uh, and so... Caleb, you want to take us there today, bud? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, I was, we were talking with our youth, and uh, we were kind of recapping this this why the church series that we've been doing, and and talking about the different actions that we take and why we do those. So things like baptism, communion, um, all sorts of different things that the church does. Mm-hmm. And initially, we had this idea of or at least I did, of, of wanting to talk to our youth about the idea of accountability and, and how the church keeps one another accountable and those relationships that we have with our brothers and sisters of Christ keep us accountable in our lives. Um, and as we started discussing that and as I was you know, prepping the lesson for this, I realized we really can't quite hit accountability until we understand well, why are we even doing these things? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, so the topic kind of shifted, and uh, instead of we're, we've been discussing um, essentially the topic of obedience and kind of why we do that. Um, and the way uh, that we started to think about this is I pose a question to our youth in the same way that I would pose a question to anyone listening to this. Because maybe this is a thought that you've had yourself or something you've been challenged on uh, from uh, – a non-Christian peer or a Christian peer. Uh, but it's this idea that Christ forgave us of our sins. So we are completely forgiven of our sins. There's no exceptions to that. There's no sins greater than others that, you know, we have to do different things for. Christ's blood covered all of our sins, the sacrifice that he made. And he's given us that connection to God. So what is the point of still trying to do, 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 good things because on the surface it seems very much like oh if i'm forgiven then it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. like cool thanks god we're good i'll be over here doing my thing see you i guess when i die Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, so that's something that i think a lot of people struggle with and it can be confusing the more you you try to dive into it so we we try to just hit it head on um Mm -hmm. So we're used to, you know, trying to do the right thing. And one thing that we've seen in our study is that we spend a decent amount of time in the Old Testament looking at the law. Mm-hmm. 
and how the law is trying to you know trying to make that way to god trying to bridge that gap trying to put us back in good relation with god um and so doing the right thing back then would have been a matter of just trying to be in community with god mm-hmm. whereas now it's it's for different reasons um you know, and oftentimes what we're seeing with our youth is they're grasping hold of this idea of ritualized or traditional religion based on the law and based on like, hey, these are all the things God is requiring of his people. These are all the things that that they do. And Caleb and I, Caleb and I both as a team, but Caleb especially during our speed run of the Old Testament, focused in and really demonstrated how this secular cycle came out throughout the law where God would make a covenant with his people and they would fall short. And so then he would explain more in more depth or give more law so that they understood how they betrayed him and how they fell away. And then they keep asking for more and eventually they ask for an earthly king and how that will compound and make their lives more difficult and so on and so forth. And then we led them straight up to where we stopped doing our speed run right as we begin the New Testament because we wanted them to understand this is a breaking of that cycle. This is a breaking free of that cycle. And yet our youth seem to want to grasp hold of this idea that if you don't hold each one of these things true, if you don't, if you don't accomplish each one of these deeds or rules or legalisms of the Old Testament, that somehow you're going to lose your salvation. Somehow, somehow you're going to misplace what you know what you've what you've gained through God, and and so it's it's just really it's a very interesting thing to watch and see and witness. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we pose that question to our youth. You know, why are we so caught up on all these ritualistic type things and trying to to do the good the right thing? And you see a lot of times in churches, you know, people come down hard on outsiders because they you know oh where you do this or you uh i'm sure robert can attest to you have tattoos what are you you, yeah yeah you can't be here uh yeah so we get we get really wrapped up in these nuances um but the approach that i'd like to take with it and that we we took with our youth is is what happens when you receive salvation what happens when you make jesus the lord of your life the immediate answer um, is hopefully obvious to those that have been a part of church and a part of this faith is that you're forgiven of your sins. Yep. Sure, that happens. But what else happens to you? Well, we start seeing in multiple places in Scripture, uh, but the reference we used with our youth here was Galatians 2.20. Mm-hmm. It says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, mm-hmm. but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what happens to us is, yeah, we're forgiven of our sins, but also we die. Mm-hmm. We're done. Like <laughs> making Jesus Lord of your life means that you are putting yourself completely just to the side. You are dying to yourself, as we like to say. Yep. And so I, I challenged our youth with, you know, if you're dead and you are this new creation in Christ, are you going to sit there and just zombify yourself? Like, mm-hmm. now that you've become this new creation, are you just going to, like, what's the point in that if you're just going to turn right back and be like, well, I'm going to go right back into the same simple nature, no no recourse um, mm-hmm. for that. But um, 
that really just leads us right back into the same situation that we were being forgiven from, and it just kind of puts us back in the same spot. Yeah, so literally that zombification becomes you're that living dead man, that man that was dead in the sin because we know the wages of sin is death. And so I think that zombie metaphor is perfect because now that you have gained eternal life, if you're still trying to abide according to the sin nature, then you're missing out on the earthly blessings of being of having freedom and being and being set free. You know, it's it's one of those things. Um, you know, it's like there in Galatians three, as you go down to ten, it says, "For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse." You know, for it is written, "Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them." Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not faith. Rather, the one who does them shall be shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, and he hanged on a tree. And so that, you know, through Christ Jesus and the blessing, we might be redeemed. I mean, you know, quite literally, is that's how it goes there in, in the third chapter of Galatians. After he establishes what Caleb so clearly read there in the end of chapter two, he goes on to explain, like, look, you gotta, you ha when it says that Christ became the law and fulfilled the law, it wasn't that he eradicated it, but he took on the burden of it for us. He took on the, you know, so that we could follow in this relational connection, you know, because one thing we didn't get into the other day that I, yesterday that I kind of wanted to talk about, because you asked the question here, what, what happens, you know, when we're crucified with Christ and Christ indwells us is that reconciliation. You know, we've gotten there before mm -hmm. with our youth. We are reconciled to God. We're really wrapped up in the family. You know, it's not a zombification. It's not a bringing right. the dead back to life. It's literally eradicating the death and bringing life and life abundantly to us. And, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be fun we're supposed to be excited about this yeah it should be a brand new relationship it's like oh yay yeah you know <laughs> and i think i think it gets really confusing and where people struggle with it a lot i know where i've struggled with it a lot too is in the past has been that you know we have this new life but we're still here we're yep. still <laughs> we're, we're still on earth we're still guess what we're still not perfect we're still sinning just as much as anyone else trying not to is the difference here trapped in this mortal uh, coil yeah <laughs> uh, but no we, we see the same point again reiterated in you know in second corinthians uh yeah. it says you know he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves mm -hmm. so again we see this whole putting aside of ourselves as instead they'll live for christ who died and was raised for them mm -hmm. and so you know we're we're still dancing around that question of all right well why are we still trying to do these right things and mm -hmm. the different the reason is because now we just have new purpose mm -hmm. you know, instead of now living for ourselves as we just read there in Second Corinthians, we're now living for Christ. And if you jump down a few verses, what we were talking with our youth about is that um, here, we'll jump down to verse 19 here. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation, just yep. as Robert was talking Ooh. about. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Mm -hmm. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So 
what we are doing in this pursuit of still trying to do good things is to just live in a way that shows who it is that we're trying to be an example of Mm -hmm. and ultimately living this life as we've referenced so many times with our youth is the we call it the the purpose of life the secret of life is just living a life of thankfulness yeah yeah so straight out of first thessalonians yep First Thessalonians five, you know, we've, we, we constantly are pulled back there for, you know, that is God's will for us to live the live lives of thankfulness for all those who are called in by Christ in Christ Jesus. Like that's just it. We get the meaning of life right there. We are supposed to live lives of love and thankfulness, constantly be in prayer, constantly being people that are grateful for what God is doing in our lives. You know, so many people amongst my friend group and Caleb's friend group and, you know, our youth themselves have been hurt because people that said they were ambassadors for Christ acted completely against the nature of of who Christ was, completely against what the Bible teaches. And you see how the sin in their lives and what they're doing is having negative effects on themselves. It's having negative effects on everybody around them. And then they start draining and like, well, I don't want anything to do with this person. This person says they're a Christian and everything is just decay around them. There's there mm-hmm. again, I smell the rot. There's a zombie in my presence. You know, I, it's literally house of the living dead over here. And unfortunately, that's why we're having this conversation as part of why the church, how many of our churches are literally night of the living dead? Like how many right. of our churches <laughs> are, are looking like that? So that's why we got into this with our youth with why the church like are we being those ambassadors that are demonstrating the light and love of christ yeah because i think i mean you don't even need to do an official poll or anything it's at this point it just seems like common sense that the number one reason that people don't like the church is the hypocrisy of it yeah which is absolutely valid because like we said we're still here living this sinful life thank god for grace yeah (laughs) So there is, you know, some obvious hypocrisy in that. But what we should be doing is instead pursuing this life with Christ. Um, so we, we talked with our youth about, okay, so so we're being Christ's ambassadors. We're trying to represent him. We're trying to be thankful for what he's done. Um, oh, before I jump to this next point, I just remember the example we gave in class. Uh, so <laughs> to kind of drive the point home, you know, we've all heard these, these wild stories of, you know, a, a bad car accident and uh, you know a firefighter or EMS or whoever comes in and uses like the jaws of life and rips people back out of the car and you know they're bleeding and they save their lives and you know the person wakes up in the hospital and they're just like I gotta find this person that like this dude saved me mm-hmm. how inauthentic and how unthankful would you be if you woke up in the hospital and you're just like oh that's cool I'm glad somebody did that but he, I mean, he was supposed to do that. He, yeah, was, that's his job. It was his like, job. Well, no. It's just what, you know, <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't no, be he, thankful for the Messiah just because, you know, he redeemed <laughs> us from an eternal hell and separation from God. But. Right. No, <laughs> what you hear in these stories of these people is that they, like, seek out the firefighter, go to the fire station, like, bake them a ton of things, become pen yeah. pals with them. Just like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. So, like, here's photos of my kids 20 years later and blah, blah, blah. Like, you hear these, like, yeah. people's lives just shifted because of this. And that's what we're supposed to be doing here is, is not just neglecting the sacrifice that Christ made for us because that's such a greater love example and a greater mm-hmm. love that was shown and suffering that was gone through than, than 
anything else that we can even imagine. So we have this pursuit of thankfulness, this pursuit of representing Christ in our lives. And so the obvious next question is, well, how do we do that? Because uh, it can be very easy also, I think, to go straight back into Old Testament and be like, oh, well, I got to fulfill all these different laws and stuff. Um, no, it, your pursuit becomes that. But now um, you try to root yourself in Christ. Uh, we talked about in Colossians 2, says, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Mm-hmm. So, again, don't be like, thanks, God. I got it from here. Cool story. <laughs> and the next verse here says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So the more that we pursue Christ, the more that we center him in our lives, the deeper we let our roots go into who Christ is the natural fruit of that is going to be thankfulness and doing the things that are desirable of God. So when you say imitate God, you're saying find a good Baroque painting, hang it on the wall, do my beard the same way, trim my hair, <laughs> yeah. you know, make sure. White make, robe. Um, white robe, good. Okay. Always have a bright light shining behind you. That's okay, good. gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it makes sense. Make sure, <laughs> make, make sure you're, you know, you know. Walking around, you know, with a group of guys all the time. Got my posse with me. Here's my entourage. You know, got, got my 12 dudes hanging out. Yeah, only 12 like, of them. <laughs> you, oh, yeah, max out of 12 for the first little bit. No, no, no. That's what we get to with our youth, too, is like, hey, guys, like, are you thinking about what does it mean to actually let your roots grow down into Christ? How do we become more like Christ? It's not that, oh, well, i got to have crucifixes hanging everywhere. I'm like, yeah, let's hang his torture device all over the place. It seems like a good idea. Um, you know, <laughs> we have to have all these different things and, you know, all this symbolism and all that. No, what we need to do is we need to look at what he said, what he taught, the words he spoke, the nature in which he dealt with people, and emulate that. He's the master. We are the students. Like, come into a training of, like, Okay, well, how do I know what what Jesus did and what he believed and how he taught? Well, through his word. And then as you're looking at what Jesus said, you start seeing, oh, well, he was quoting these passages of the Old Testament. I need to go back here and understand why he was quoting these things. How many times in Jesus' ministry did he look at the Sanhedrin or the Pharisees and say, do you not know the word? Didn't you learn the scripture? Don't you? I mean, just repeatedly and, and, you know, to a certain extent, we've made jokes to the fact that, you know, you almost you can hear a little cheek when Jesus is like, do, like, do y'all not know this already? Like, come on, it's you, you should know this. And, and he, but then he enlightens them further than what was there. You know, he the, the roots grow a little deeper. The knowledge expands. But we have to be rooted in the word because that is our connection back to the father. This is a living word. This is something that the spirit that can then use to enlighten us further. That's why we continue to study these things, not just read it once or memorize one verse. It's, you know, you don't just, you know, you can know, spend your whole life on John 3.16, which is great. But if you never get off the milk of John 3.16, then you're then you're literally almost zombifying yourself because you're you're stuck in that one train of thought. Well, I'm going to have eternal life. Yeah, eternal life. I'm going to live forever. I am immortal. OK, cool. What are you going to do with the immortality? Like, what, what does that mean to, to be an immortal being? What does that mean to be a, a triune being that is now reconciled to the Savior and creator of all the universe? Like, wh- what does that mean? What does that look like? How do we deepen our understanding? How do our roots grow? Caleb made an excellent point. Like, a lot of people are content being 
big trees with shallow roots. They got big mouthpieces. They got big whatever, but they got shallow roots because they're not going beyond the initial spark. They're not be going beyond the initial thing. We gotta we gotta stop just drinking the milk. We gotta start moving towards the meat, yeah. moving towards the thing. You know. And I think that's probably why a lot of people over the years have left the church. I think as well because they got shallow roots with what their faith was in. They got hooked mm-hmm. on you know the John 3:16 yeah. and nothing else and nothing else. And so when life confronts you, well if you got no roots, you're going to topple over. Right. Or you dig really deep into some bad soil. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, which that's a dangerous topic to go down. <laughs> you can go real deep into some bad soil, but then the tree itself is essentially dead. You know, we recently I recently had one of our youth reach out to me and ask me well, what if somebody's made a profession of faith, but then they start studying something that is other than the Word of God, and they start doing things that don't necessarily line up with the Word of God? Like, are they still saved? Like, are they still? Uh, but that gets back into what Caleb's talking about. They're 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 digging deep into rotten soil. What kind of fruits that going to produce? What kind of you know, what kind of things are we going to? And then how much of that? against the word of God, how much of that other stuff are they going to allow to permeate their faith until the point where they become unsure of they, if they, if they even have salvation, you know, cause God, God says, you'll know the tree by the tree, by its fruit. Like, how do you identify a Christian? Well, you identify it by its fruit. That goes back to what we were talking about originally. If you're an ambassador and you're an ambassador, you know, what, Take it broad spectrum. If you're an ambassador for the United States, but every trade deal you make benefits a foreign nation, who are you really representing? Right. Like, <laughs> you know, not I'm, there again, we steer clear of politics usually, but it's just the ambassadorship. Like, if you're an ambassador for Christ, but everything you say and do is supporting the enemy, then whose side are you really on? How do you validate the, the decisions you've made? Like, or are you allowing rot to seep in and zombify you that that zombification is the perfect metaphor i applaud Caleb repeatedly on that. like that was nailed it on the head man living dead men are all over the place yeah you know <laughs> and you know when you have salvation you we we spoke a little bit as well about you know the, there's natural consequences to a lot of sin that you can mm-hmm. commit um but even beyond that there's also you know there's the thought sorry i'm struggling to get my thought out here (laughs) there's the the whole thing of you know if you're if you're not going to live a life that's reflective of christ and you're intentionally choosing that that does just immediately kind of call into question the validity of how are you Mm -hmm. like are you are you sure that you've actually met god (laughs) do you understand what it means to make him lord of your life like you know it's a relationship you know and that we use that example and it it kind of becomes corny at a certain point but it's just authentic and that's the reason why i think repeatedly you see the church referred to as the bride of christ is because like if you're in a relationship and all you do is look at other people of that you know of, of the opposite sex and like you peruse and even have side relationships and never talk to the person you're in a relationship with and never, you know, deal with them, then how are you really in that relationship? Or are you just, you know, 
this is my comfort blanket while I do all these other things. Like, in, you know, and unfortunately, we live in a society where the idolatry of me has become the center of everything. What am I getting out of this? What am, what am I doing? What, and, you know, we're going to get into that in future episodes. Uh, in fact, I'm going there this, this week with our youth some, you know, is understanding the key things about the fact that, look, we are the ambassadors. We have received this beautiful gift. We are to be thankful. That thankfulness is supposed to pour out of us in, in just waves of just constant, you know, constantly producing and constantly expanding and, and being that light to others that brings them to the Father that, that just validates to ourselves who we are. It lets Christ know that we are truly grateful for everything he did. And then naturally, what we find ourselves doing is obeying the old covenants. We find ourselves naturally just, you know, abhorrent to things like stealing, uncomfortable around idolatry, uncomfortable around, you know, you find yourself not even being attracted to the things that the old self was attracted to. And then, like, it, it just it blossoms and it gives you comfort. And you, you come under conviction about things. And, and as you grow in the spirit, you become this, you become this, you're just radiant ambassador. And it, it's such a cool thing. Yeah. It's such a rad, like, it's just, it's like the verse we talked about in our last episode where, you know, it talk, the Bible talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so part of that comes through getting into the word and stuff. And part of that just comes through that natural relationship of getting to know who Jesus is and talking with him and having him be a part of your life and that conviction that you start to feel towards things is that you that renewal just starts happening when god is lord of your life but that makes it really interesting because you know we we have been forgiven of all of our sins there's no question in that um and we with that comes a wide range of freedom (laughs) yeah 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 but it's how do we use that freedom you know which is another verse that we share with our youth in galatians 5 13 Mm -hmm, says for mm -hmm. you You've been called to live in freedom. Don't hold yourself to like, ah, oh, well, I have to do this and that. I have to, I have to do these things, and oh, I messed this up, so now I have to, you know, give this sacrifice to the church or whatever mm-hmm. like used to be done. Um, it says you've been called to live in freedom, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Mm-hmm. And so that's where a lot of people get tripped up is forgetting about the fact that like we're all we're supposed to do is love others. Yeah. And yeah. with that naturally comes everything else. Mm-hmm. If you're striving to love others, love God, love others, mm-hmm. the rest falls into place. It does. It does. And one of the th- examples that we gave as we were concluding last yesterday's lesson is the idea that in you know love love corrects love instructs you know there we we call each other on the carpet a little bit about things but we need to make sure that we're not doing so in a conceited way and so there is the fifth chapter of galatians ends uh there in verse 29 it actually says that you know as he's come as concluding this thought because that's what these chapters are they're just this is all a letter it's all one thought and so as he's concluding it he said you know if we live by the spirit let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, prov- provoking one another and envying one another. You know, that love is something that is sacrificial. It is something that is kind and courteous. And, you know, as we're dealing with one another, you know, like I said, the church often, you know, gets a little 
hypocritical and gets a little judgy and a little aggressive with people sometimes like stop we need to love each other the way we want to be loved like you don't constantly want somebody's finger in your face yeah. we don't constantly need to be you know <coughs> pointing out each other's faults while we need to have that accountability it needs to come from a place of love like you know it rather than man you're you're doing this wrong it's evil it's horrible you're just a bad human being there's no way you're a christian because you're covered head to toe in tattoos caleb used that example because i'm for those that don't know, I'm literally covered head to toe in tattoos. Um, but the fact of the matter is, it's like I'm also a sinner saved by grace and redeemed under the word and like yeah, called apart to, to, to be a, a minister on his behalf. So, you know, and, and I, you know, I'm a spirit filled believer. That's what I am. Uh, <laughs> I believe in the unerring word of God and I'm going to preach it till the day I die. Uh, and, and so what we have here is a, a call to set aside our personal tendencies toward conceit and walk with the spirit of love, walk in the spirit of love, hold each other accountable, but do so in such a way to where we're ministering to each other. You know, when Jesus is ministering to the prostitutes or to the tax collectors or to the killers, uh, we we, we got to remember a mass murderer wrote most of our new Testament. Okay. <laughs> like let's <laughs> like he was eradicating Christians all across the known world. Like, you know, Paul, Paul is a man who is redeemed and is, is writing these letters that gives us such wisdom and such understanding that, you know, you have to love people beyond the sin, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner, but you got to do so in such a way to where you get people to understand, like the spirit will convict people of what they need to straighten out. But what we're called to do is offer them the shirts off our back offer them the warmth of an embrace be kind to them you know be the church that loves them on christ's behalf we're the hands we're the hands that he has here to work you know so that's really where we where we've gotten to and we're going to move into more uh the, the in the coming weeks caleb's going to be teaching on accountability and holding each other accountable and how we do that in love uh i'm going to be doing some things on the the idea of the idolatry of self-love uh, and how we can take that too far and how we can take relationships, you know, uh, between sexes too far and the pursuit of relationships with others. We can take that concept too far to where we start worshiping people we're relationally connected to. Um, so we hope you'll come back and join us. Uh, and for those of you that are, are of our youth that are that are listening to this, we love you. Uh, and there again, keep the questions coming. Keep the keep the thoughts on how to be that ambassador you're supposed to be um do you have any closing words before we end this caleb you know i'm just thinking that to wrap this all up i think is just a great conclusion to say that you know your salvation isn't dependent upon all this right and wrong doing stuff that we've been talking about i think uh we know some of our youth had some confusion about that that we've been trying to address as well and so you know just live that life of love enjoy the freedom that you're given but in that freedom just choose to live in a way that reflects god's love and honors what he's done for us yeah perfect there again uh this is robert and caleb for the image youth um we're we're here from image image church in matthews north carolina made in his image reflecting his love y'all have a blessed day